say hallelujah. Is God's will what you want for your life? Truly give honor, glory, and praise to God for all his wonderful blessings. Truly, it's a very appropriate song today. We know that we want God's will to be done in our lives. Wherever we find ourselves, we want to be found doing God's will. Thank God for Sister Williams leading us in devotion today. and all of you who are here today. We thank God for all his blessings and I thank him for how he blessed me to be here again today and I was able to travel home and to see some loved ones and, and to remember the saints of God not only here but everywhere. We need to pray for one another. We're still on this theme the Christian experience and invite your attention to the word of God today in Isaiah 40. find it say amen Isaiah 40 and verse 1 I see some still turning but truly God has been good to us and I pray that you've been blessed and encouraged by this series of messages and that continues to strengthen and encourage your faith that we might be the people the Christian people that God wants us to be Isaiah 40 and verse 1 we read, says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and our flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For New Testament passage of Scripture today, we'll look at the Gospel of John, chapter 4. We're moving right along, amen? John's Gospel, chapter 4. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. When you find it, say amen. John's Gospel, chapter 4. Begin reading in verse 1, we read, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to me, came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For her disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me to a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her. 
Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. This morning, I want to share with us briefly from the subject, the Christian experience facing your destiny. The Christian experience facing your destiny. Let us pray. Kind Heavenly Father, we want to thank you today. Thank you that you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Holy, holy, holy is your name, O Lord. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Lord, the whole earth, the entire world is filled with your glory. And we want to thank you today for just allowing us to be in the house of worship today. We praise you, Lord. We honor you. We bless your holy name. Now bless us as we share your word today, that the word might go forth, that men and women, boys and girls might hear and understand that you have a destiny, a plan for our lives, oh Lord. And we want to say yes, Lord, amen to your will. Bless me, your servant, I'll share your word that your people might hear, understand, and be blessed. Have your way today, and we want to thank you. We want to praise you. We give you glory and honor. Because in the saving name of Jesus Christ, the strong name, the, the everlasting name of Jesus, we do pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today is the Christian experience facing your destiny. When we consider this theme and We've been talking about it for a while. I'm sure it causes us to think back on many of our past experiences, especially those of us who have grown up in the church. And we think of the people that we've met, the places we've gone, and the things that we have done. And in this Christian experience, I want us to realize this one point. If you don't remember anything about this, I want us to realize that that word Christian has a very significant meaning in our lives. It means that we must be Christ-like in the way we live our lives every day. I don't want us to get too far away from that point, that reality that the Christian experience is something that we want to live every day. Not just between 11 and 1 o'clock on Sunday, but every day of the week. I want us to experience the life and the power of Jesus Christ. To know him in our hearts, to know him as our Lord and our personal Savior. And in our Christian experience, one of the things that we've heard throughout our lives is that everything happens for a reason. We've heard that over and over in our lives, and I want us to understand that that's a part of our destiny, to know that things happen for a reason. Our subject today is the Christian experience facing your destiny. And one of the greatest destinies that we all need to understand is that God has a plan for our lives. And in his plan, he has two ultimate destinies, heaven or hell. That's your ultimate destiny. Whether you you decide to have Christ in your heart or not, you're going to go one of those two places. As the old saint's mother Sanders back home used to sing when I was a little boy, she said, either going to the heavens above or the regions below, your soul must spend eternal life somewhere. You got to decide in your mind which way you're going to go. And I want us to understand that God has a plan for our lives. In Isaiah 40, and we read this passage many times, and I want us to begin to understand that, that God does have a plan for your life. Whether you understand it or not, it's up to you to seek him and find out what his plan is. And he says here in Isaiah 40, he says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that our warfare is ended. 
that her iniquity is pardoned, but she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, God wants us to understand that in his plan, he planned that we will be forgiven of our sins. He would not count our sins against us anymore. And I need us to understand that because every day we face sin and temptation and trials and tribulations. But I want you to know that don't let that stop you from coming to church and getting to know God. Just because we have to face sin every day don't mean you have to yield to it. And the most important thing that you don't have to live under the guilt of sin anymore. Because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he wants to move that guilt out of your life and out of your heart, out of your mind, out of your thoughts. Because he wants you to be free from sin. He wants you to be set free. As my professor used to say in seminary, he wants to let you out of the jailhouse of sin. So you can be free. And if anybody ever been in jail before or been in bondage before or been kept from going where you want to go, how good it is to know that the keys are rattling. And the gate is going to swing open. And you're going to be free. We need to understand that God wants to set you free from the power of sin and death. And he says, comfort my people. That's the good news of the gospel, that your sins will be forgiven you. He said, prepare the way of the Lord. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. He has a plan for your life. Let him lead you and guide you into all truth. Let him lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Don't try to make it on this life by yourself because you can get you can be lost. You can get caught up in situations and circumstances. You need to let Jesus lead you. Let him be your guide through this world. He says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God for every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. See, in the low places in life, God wants to lift you out of those places. And the hills and the obstacles are getting in the way. He wants to move those out of the way so you can get closer and closer to him. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. See, we're going to have some trials and tribulations in this life. But God wants to make the, the crooked things straighten and the rough places smooth so you can grow closer and closer to him. And lastly, as we've said many times, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed in all flesh, shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, God wants to get glory out of our lives. Everything that we do, everything we say, he wanted to reflect who he is. He wants to shine on you and I so we can reflect his glory in this world around our friends and neighbors, not just in these four walls, but everywhere we go that they can see and know that Jesus loves them. He cares about them so that all flesh can see the glory of God shining through your life, shining through mine. God wants us to wants the world to know that he came and died and rose again, that we might be free from the power of sin and death. We're talking about the Christian experience facing your destiny. Let's look at a New Testament passage of scripture in John's gospel chapter 4. And we know the gospel of John was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. That he wasn't just born of a woman, but he was, very, he was God himself. And he came so that we might be free from the power of sin. And we've said many times in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. The good news that we don't have to live in sin any longer. 
We need to understand that today, that's a part of our Christian experience. And today, we want to talk about the Christian experience facing your destiny. As we go through life, one of the things I'm beginning to be more and more convinced of is that God ex expects you and I as believers to share the good news with somebody else. He wants everybody to know that he came and he died. He has a plan for our lives. Some people are wandering through life and they've never heard the gospel. They've never been to Shadydale. Heard you and I tell the gospel story. But you and I need to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Because they have an ultimate destiny. And that destiny is heaven or hell, as I said earlier. And if you and I don't share the gospel, their souls may be bound for the wrong destiny. And I want you and I to take it upon ourselves more and more that we want to share this gospel with somebody else. And realize that somebody shared the gospel with us one day. And it changed our eternal destiny. Amen. We're talking today about the Christian experience facing your destiny. And the word destiny is like a sense of something that's predetermined or preordained. That there's a power, that there's, there's God in heaven, there's, there's other circumstances that have predetermined how lives will, our lives will go. And, you know, some people say, you know, particularly, you know, yesterday they, they're playing the Final Four here in, in, uh, here in Houston. And some people think it's destiny that certain teams make it to the Final Four. But the reality is that they, they had to play and win their games. They had to, to work hard and, and to make it through all these different, um, different tournaments and to get there. And sometimes we fail to realize that, that the reason why we have what we have because of the decisions that we've made and the things that we've done. And we don't understand that some of our destiny is in our own hands. If we prepare ourselves for the future, we can receive the future that we're looking for. It's like saying, you know, I'm going to college. But if you don't get up and go to high school in the morning, get dressed, you're not going to make it. Amen. Help me, Lord. We need to understand that sometimes the destiny is in our own hands. We have to choose the right things to receive what we want in life. And the same is true in our Christian experience. God has given us a decision to choose him. And we need to decide in our mind what we're going to do for Christ. As we said so many times, only what you do for Christ will last. We're talking about the Christian experience facing your destiny. And in this passage of scripture today is a very familiar story. It's the beginning of the passage of the story about the Samaritan woman. Or as we often say, the woman at the well. There are three things in this passage today I want us to understand how we need to face our destiny. How Jesus faced his and how you and I need to think about how we're going to face our destiny. The first thing I want to mention in this message today is we need to choose purpose over prosperity. Purpose over prosperity. Let's look at John chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And see, we need to understand that sometimes in life, we are offered so many things. We have so many opportunities to do this and do that. And sometimes we experience, you know, great success. And in this passage, one of the things that jumped out on this page at me is that Jesus began to, to uh, exceed the ministry of John. And we know who John was. He's John the Baptist. And he, he had said, you know, as we read so many times, prepare you the way of the Lord. As we said last time, that John said, I'm not the Christ. 
Didn't I tell you that I'm not the Christ, but he was going to be one mightier than I? He knew his purpose. And we find in this passage of Scripture that Jesus knew what his purpose was. He didn't have to have anybody remind him or tell him. He knew it for himself. That's what I want you and I to understand more than anything is what your purpose in life is. Because when you know what your purpose is, nobody can move you. Nobody can offer you enough money. Nobody can try to sell you on something else. Nobody can tempt you with other things. When you know your purpose, you can face down every enemy, every temptation, because I want to live my purpose and fulfill my purpose. And in this passage, we see that Jesus was living out his purpose. And he chose his purpose over prosperity. Even though he would begin to baptize more people than John, he wasn't trying to make a name for himself. He wasn't trying to be a superstar. He knew that he came to do his father's will. That's what I want you and I to do here at Shadedale. In our Christian experience, I want us to, to make sure that we choose purpose over prosperity. We choose doing God's will over the will of man and over the will of our friends and what our people are saying about us. We need to choose purpose over prosperity. And look what Jesus did. He said, therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. So that means sometimes in the Christian experience, you're going to be very successful. If you do, if you, as they say, if you dot all the I's and cross all the T's, somewhere along the life's journey, you're going to be successful. And other people are going to know it. They're going to say, if I were you, this is what I would do. If I had that much money, if I had that much talent, if I had that many friends, I'd do this or that. I'd make sure I put myself in the newspaper, on, on the front page, and all these other things that people are trying to do to make a name for themselves. But what is your purpose? If your purpose is to glorify God and to live out this Christian experience, you need to always choose purpose over prosperity. And I want to, and you shouldn't be afraid of success. So sometimes we get afraid of success because we don't want to deal with what success brings. You look at some superstars today. They can't go to the mall to save their life because they'll be bombarded with everybody. Can you imagine? You remember the, Michael Jordan when he was popular? He couldn't go nowhere. People would, you know, ambush him in the mall, ambush him in the store. And, the, you know, when he would go out for, for dinner, he couldn't go and enjoy it. And some people, for that reason, they fear prosperity. But I don't want us to be afraid of prosperity because we need to understand our purpose. Our purpose is to glorify God and not ourselves. As Brother, Brother Nate prayed in his prayer today, we need to lift up Jesus. He said, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So we need to make sure that we may have a habit of choosing purpose over prosperity. Because somewhere in life, your integrity is going to be challenged. One way, sometimes we think it's always going to be negative. It's, it's always going to be peer pressure to do the wrong thing. But sometimes our integrity is challenged by giving us more than we need. And we need to choose purpose over prosperity. Jesus decided to do the right thing. He said, when he heard that the Pharisees knew that he baptized more than John, he left. <laughs> he left the limelight. He walked away from the status. He walked away from what was popular and his popularity because he wanted to choose purpose over prosperity. We're talking about today the Christian experience facing your destiny. You need to always choose purpose over prosperity. 
And look what, look what happened in his prosperity. It says, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. In other words, he had help doing what he was doing. And sometimes we miss that in Jesus' life. We think Jesus did so many things. He, he had the, all the power. But he shared his prosperity with his disciples. And we need to understand that when we go up, don't go up by yourself. Bring up those around you. Share your blessings with others so that they too might be blessed. Now, and the other side of that is that, you know, Jesus couldn't do it all by himself. Sometimes we see somebody or a leader or whatever, we let them do it. No, step in and help them so that their prosperity can be your prosperity. That their success can be your success. We need to understand we need to choose purpose over prosperity. Let's look at Romans 8, 28. Brother Williams used this the other night. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. See, when we work on our purpose, God will exalt you. Don't worry about the status and being known by everybody and have your name in the paper. But make sure you're, you're fulfilling your purpose and calling in life. And God will exalt you in due time. And most of all, what? We want him to be glorified. We're talking about purpose over prosperity. Second thing I want to see in this message today is we need to, to make sure that we experience God's provision over pride. Provision over pride. You know how sometimes a person can need something, but they won't ask? <laughs> They'd rather go without than to have you help them. Help us, Lord. There's some people who allow pride to get in the way. When God has the very solution they need right there in front of them. In our Christian experience, we need to choose provision over pride and not allow the things and our, our own selfish thoughts and ideas to get in the way of God making a way for us because he wants to fulfill our destiny. Let's look at John chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. He says, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For the disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then a woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. See, we're talking about provision over pride. And we see that Jesus did not have a problem with pride. For he often said, I have not come to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And we find that Jesus, in this particular passage of scripture, he was wearied from his journey. And, you know, particularly now in our economic crunching times, 
You know, we get weary along the way, trying to find the things that we need, trying to receive the blessings that we need. And sometimes we're too proud to say, you know, I need some help. And, and we see Jesus, he was tired. You know, if Jesus can get tired, what about you and I? If Jesus can have a need, what about you and I? Are we going to allow pride and selfishness to keep us from fulfilling our destiny? Are we going to allow God to make a way out of no way? Sometimes because we, we get on our knees and we pray that, you know, Lord, I need you to help me get this done. And when God provides the way, we're like, well, I didn't think it was going to come that way. So that it must not be God. It must not be for me. So we turn it down. Say, well, it, it must not be the right thing. But we need to understand that when God makes a way to accept it. Let him be a blessing to you. Let him bring you through to your completing your destiny because you want to hear God say, well done. And we see Jesus not allowing pride to get in the way. He was tired. And no doubt he was thirsty. And he sat there at that well. And when the Samaritan woman came, he said, you know, give me some drink. Give me a drink. He was not ashamed to ask for help. And many times as believers and Christians and you know, we don't want to ask, you know, a sinner to help us. Help me, Lord. We don't want to ask somebody from the neighborhood to help us out. Because we think we have all the answers. But sometimes you don't have all the answers. We need to allow God's way to help us fulfill our destiny. Look what Jesus did. He says, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. See, sometimes, you know, God allows us to go down the very path that our, our ancestors trod. He allows us to go to the very same places that people who we thought, you know, we would never have any connection with. And we find ourselves sitting in the very place that they sat, doing the very same things that they've done. And we need to allow God to make a way. Instead of sometimes, you know, we get selfish and think, you know, I'll never go through Samaria. If that's the way I got to go, then I'm not going at all. I'm not going to do what mom and dad did because, you know, that's old foggy stuff, old fashioned stuff. I'm going to skip that. But that might be the very destiny that God has for you. So many times we choose the wrong way to go because we're so prideful. We want to do it our way and no other way. And God is making a way all of the time, trying to help you make it from point A to point B. And you don't want to go because you got some pride or some selfishness or you want to do it your own way. And God is always steadily making a way. He wants us to open our eyes to see that he's trying to help us along this way. Jesus said, I need to go through Samaria. What direction do you need to take that God is trying to help you through your life? And you think because you're smarter and you're younger, you got some more technology or this or that, you don't need nobody's help. You don't need to go the way that somebody else is telling you. Sometime in this journey, God has mapped out the plan for your life. It's going to take you right where you need to be and sit you in a very sacred place. We're going to receive the blessings of the Lord. 
Here is Jesus sitting at the very well that Jacob had dug. He's going to drink the same water that Jacob had drank from. What a blessing that is. And sometimes in our lives, we miss the very blessings that God has already ordained for us to have. We don't have to pay for it. We don't have to struggle for it. All we got to do is sit down and wait for God to come through for us. We're talking about provision over pride. And see what Jesus did? He said to this woman, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Sometimes the people you think you always can depend on, they won't be around. And you have to receive your blessings from somebody else. I can't tell you how good it is to serve God and to be a part of the family of God. And everywhere I've lived, I've experienced God's blessings, you know, and they weren't even my family members. They didn't have the last name Miller and last name Riggins, but they helped me make it through some difficult times because I was seated. The Bible says we were seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So don't expect all your blessings to come from your mom and your dad and your cousins and them. Sometimes it'll be a stranger who's just passing by, who have everything you need if you would only open your eyes and receive that blessing. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. And this woman of Samaria said unto him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, he would have given you living water. So many times, God is standing there with his arms wide open. And we're just letting the gift pass by. Because we don't know who it is that's giving us the gift. And there's somewhere in the scripture where it says, now be careful that you are entertaining angels unaware. Sometimes we refuse the very blessings that God has sent from heaven down. We want to turn our nose up at it because it didn't come the way we wanted it to. Help us, Lord. Because God wants us to fulfill our destiny. He wants us to be where he called us to be. Doing what he wants to be doing. So we can receive the fulfillment of his plan for our lives. We're talking about the Christian experience today. Facing your destiny. And whether you want to admit it or not, somewhere along your life journey. You're going to be sitting and in need. And you're going to need somebody to be by your side. You might be, you may not be here in Houston. You might be away in college somewhere. You may be on vacation. You may be uh, on a business trip. And somebody has the help you need. You're going to need to be able to receive it. We're talking about the Christian experience facing your destiny. Let's look at Philippians 4. See how we need to allow God to bless us as we face our destiny. Philippians 4, 19, just one verse. It says, and we know it by heart. It says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We're talking about a God who is able to make a way out of no way. We just got to have, have the heart and the mind to receive those blessings. We're talking about the Christian experience facing your destiny. And if your destiny is in Christ Jesus, he's going to meet every need that you have. 
We're talking today about facing your destiny, knowing that God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory. The third thing and the last thing in this message today is that we want to talk about perspective over privilege. Perspective over privilege. Let's begin reading at verse 11. John 4 and verse 11 says, The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. See, we need to change, allow God to change our perspective over us thinking about our privileges. And many times, particularly those of us who grew up in the church, now, we think that we have certain privileges in life. We'll never get in trouble. We'll never, you know, need a job. We'll, we'll always have what we always had. And we always get to do what we've always done. But sometimes along this journey, God wants to open up our minds and help us to have a new perspective on life. To realize that he has another plan for us. Not our own thoughts. As we said uh, last year, throughout the year, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. We need to look at him and say, Lord, how do you want me to see this situation? Because I need to see what you see. I need to know what you know about this because you have a plan and a destiny for my life. And we need to choose perspective over privilege. You know, some of us have great families. And we always think, you know, mom and dad is going to always be there for us. We know one day mom and dad are not going to be there for you. They're not going to always be that phone call away or, or just around the corner. Somewhere in life, you're going to need Jesus to bring you through. And you need to choose his perspective over your privileges. The things you've always had in life. The people you've always known. They may not always be there for you. And you're going to need Jesus in this Christian experience. What we talked about, this Christian experience, knowing Christ every day, living for him every day. Not just on Sunday between 11 and, and 1 o'clock. But knowing that Christ is in you and he's your hope of glory. You need to choose perspective over privilege. And listen to this, this, this Samaritan woman. She sees Jesus sitting there, you know, he probably didn't have anything in his hands, or wasn't carrying a knapsack or anything. He was just sitting there by the well. He said, you know, give me some water to drink. And he told her about the living water. That water that, that comes on the inside when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That living water represents the Spirit of God that is there to encourage you, to lift you, and to make you new on the inside. And this woman is sitting there looking at him. You know, he's already tired and probably dusty from his journey. And she says, you know, you don't have anything to draw water with. How are you going to get any water without, without some kind of a... a, a, a a, a vessel to, to, to dig down into the well. She don't have a spiritual perspective. She's looking with her own natural eyes, trying to figure out, you know, why is this man sitting here talking to me? And many times in our lives, when people are sitting there talking to us, we, you know, it's in one ear and out the other. Because we don't, we're not opening up our minds to receive what God is trying to share with us. 
so that we can fulfill our destiny. We're sometimes we're closed-minded, and we don't see that God is trying to help us navigate through life. She said, you know, you don't have anything to draw water with. How can you offer me anything? And she goes on to say, you know, this well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? And then she goes on to talk about her family and her heritage and the things that she knows. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? You know, she began to talk about who she was and who she thought she could be. Her family and her name and her reputation. And sometimes as believers, you know, we talk about our church as if it's the greatest church in the world. You can't beat my church. And, you know, it's good to, to, to have pride and, and a sense of uh, understanding of who you are. But don't let that keep you from your destiny. Don't let that stop God from giving you the blessings that he has in store for you. And for Christ's sake, don't let it close your eyes to the spiritual things that God is trying to show you. Because God wants to bless you, help you fulfill your destiny. And Jesus said, you know, you don't know who you're talking to. He says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And so many times our perspective is so narrow that we can't see the blessings that God is trying to give us right there. And sometimes we miss the, the fact that, you know, I have all I need because Christ is living inside of me. I don't have to sell myself short for the things of this world that's going to perish and fade away. But I have within me a well of living water. Because I know my purpose. I know who I am. I know that God lives within me. And if I hold on to his unchanging hand, he will never leave me nor forsake me. We're talking about perspective over privileges. I don't want us to get lost in this world because we think we have everything we need because, you know, my mama is this and my dad is that. We need to make sure that we open our eyes to see what Christ has in store for us. He has a life that is full of purpose and meaning and value, eternal value. And it will never fade away. We need to think about our perspective over privilege. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 11. And see that God wants to open our eyes and change our perspective so we can see the things that he has in store for us. Matthew 13, the beginning of verse 11 says, He answered and said to them, Because it has been given you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see but not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, 
lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. See, God wants to change our perspective. He wants us to see beyond what other people can see because he wants us to fulfill our destiny. And I want us to get that today. He don't want you to be lost in this world. He don't want you to be going over the same hill over and over again because you're too hard-headed to listen to him. He don't want you to break under your own mistakes. He wants to open your perspective. And not allow your own idea, your own mentality to keep you from fulfilling your destiny. Don't let the past mar you so far that you can't see what God has, is opening up right before you. And don't keep going backwards, but strive to move forward. Because God wants you to fulfill your destiny. They say, and I've heard it said many times, that many of the greatest ideas in the world are in the graveyard. Because people took it to their grave. Their destiny, their, they didn't fulfill it because they were afraid or they didn't think anybody would listen to them or they felt like they couldn't do it. But don't let that be your destiny. Allow God to open your perspective and to see all that God has for you. So that you can be able to be blessed because your eyes can see and your ears can hear what God has in store for those of us that love him. I pray you understand the message today as we stand together. The Christian experience.